Continuity this week. Oh, where did you just about? Just, just, just about. about. Like we've cut it through the skin of our teeth. It's pretty late. Both working first thing in the morning. But um, listen, consistency is consistency the key to life. Key. Apparently, yeah, it is. <laughs> I actually I got my first assessment done today for uni. Well done. It's due in tomorrow. I had three weeks to do it, and I started it at four p.m. today. But I think I always work better. Under I work pressure. better under pressure. And I actually I was kind of like. Gosh, you're an absolute chaotic lifestyle. But you know my like Tinder slash uni friend mm-hmm. texted me and he was like at six o'clock and he was like, guess he's only just started their assessment. And I was like, yes. That's why you matched. That's why I was like, okay, okay, that's not so bad. But um, yeah, so that's done. So I did, I have had a little bit of wine to celebrate. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm literally necking this first glass and haven't at overly... Again, I, my mm. speech is not going to be great tonight. Not through alcohol, but you know when your brain is just like a fart. I made a lovely vegetarian meatball spaghetti thing that was very, very tasty. Lovely. Sorry, I am taking my brow off because it's oh been on. I want to take my brow off so well, bad it's hurting Mine me has so been on for much. over 12 hours and that's disgusting. You know whenever it's right in like your that's, shoulders? That's like my brain. I, I can't breathe right now, so I'm taking it off. I wish you could like just take your tits off. You know, like if there was oh, like Oh, at night time? Wouldn't that be amazing <laughs> to be like, oh, imagine that relief. I know you would get because oh like God. it's such a good like oh such a feeling it's, nice. oh, it's a nice feeling taking off a bra at least I wore a nice one for you guys <laughs> <laughs> at least that's a nice bra for you to feast your eyes upon any exciting news this week Jennifer um I'm trying to think uh I put my fairy lights are now back up in my living room which you pay Have for you made me back for them <laughs> listen yeah. Catherine I think when it comes down to it uh there's I'm been, your sugar daddy. <laughs> you know, but there's been mutual things that, you know, I went and got you lunch when you were you, in work. Right, I can't eat gluten. And I said, so Jennifer went to get me a lunch. No, but, right, you tell the story and then I'll tell the truth. Okay. okay. So I said to Jennifer, okay, so it has to be gluten free. Mm-hmm. And there's not much. I went selection. to M&S, by the way. I would love them to sponsor us because okay. I love their food. But M&S have a shit gluten free range. Like, see, they're like, you know, like main day lunch thing. There's not much. Even their sushi isn't gluten free. I don't know how, what the fuck's in their sushi that makes it not gluten free. Can you ask for a sushi wrap? That's what you asked me to get you. <laughs> I know, so but... I'm just thinking there was rice in that. You're such a dick. Rice isn't gluten. You well, I don't know. So anyway, you came back with a wheat. I don't believe in all this gluten nonsense anyway. I was... Do- what do you mean you don't believe in it? I ended up in a hospital years ago and they were like, you can't eat gluten anymore. And then I just started eating it again because... I, well, I didn't eat it for like nearly a year and yeah. then I accidentally had it and didn't die. So I was like, fuck this. Why am I not eating gluten? Yeah. But then because I can't get my anemia under control, I've been like reading into it myself. And a lot of it is if you have like a, you know, you're allergic to gluten, that's yeah. whatever it's called, celiac or something, that if you eat gluten, then your body can't absorb the vitamins. And now I'm like, ah, that's why. that might be why I have loads of vitamins. Einstein woman. So what did I buy you? Cut two. What you did bought I get me you? a wheat grain. You bought me like a bulgur it, wheat It was thing. a quinoa. I have wheat grain in it. I didn't know that, right? <laughs> but also, can we just let people know, 
I tried phoning you like multiple times. It was stressing me out. Whenever I'm at work, I cannot. Answer. I, I am. Well, then that's busy. not my problem. Can I'm not a psychic. There was nothing else for you there. Yeah, I mean, you should have read the back in big bold writing. It was really, Wait. it was really stressful. Marxies, even though they have that queue system, that day it was rammed. I was having COVID fear. It was very stressful. At least you ate. You're not a starving child in a yeah. third world country. Get over yourself. Well, I mean, I did eat it, but I mean, I paid. That's what it, uh, this is. What I laugh at. <laughs> Catherine is like no. I, 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 like when I say I don't believe that I do understand well I mean I've been medically told yeah no same <laughs> I've, I've been told I shouldn't eat pasta pizza anything like with what like doughy I suppose is that the same thing gluten yeah because I, I look like I'm pregnant after I eat it or I am violently ill afterwards but I do love a pasta bake and yeah. a wee bit of gnocchi but whatever how you pronounce it what was my point sorry my brain's away see it's hard this is why I can't get my head around it because I'm like Okay, it makes oh, me no, feel no, a bit no, ill, no. but I don't die. Exactly, so what's the point? Like, yeah. Well, but then I am Ricky Gervais ma- But this, Ricky Gervais made heroin look really appealing in the afterlife, and you can't die from that, so you wouldn't do it. That, Jen, you're making no sense. I know, because I'm, <laughs> I'm very tired. But my point was, Catherine, that you go on about all this here, but then you're like, Jen, well, we'll get a McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, but I don't eat the bat. The chips and everything. Like, the chips oh, don't have gluten. You don't know what gluten. Yeah, but is. then you talk about like dairy and everything, and then you eat cheese. Like just give. Oh, it I know. Part. Sometimes I. You're do. annoying. But, do you know what? But that's different. Like the whole like allergic to gluten isn't the same as whenever I like go vegan spur of the moment for a couple. Oh yeah, months. I'm such a. <laughs> sorry for being such a bad sister for going to Marks and Spencers <laughs> and getting you a very luxurious meal deal. Anyway. Oh yeah. So what was our point? That what's happened what's this happened week? This week. Um. Yeah. So the fairy lights. Uh. Mm. Very good. Do you this week? I also got your microphone. No, I paid for that microphone, Catherine. I transferred you the money straight away. I was just going to say the microphone has been a highlight of my life. Highlight of the week. So I, it's ever since lockdown and TikTok, uh, as I always refer to, um, the James Corden carpool karaoke microphones. Yeah. I've wanted one. They're really expensive. Can I just say I hate James Corden? That's fine. I don't think many people like him. No. But um, oh, the iPad's about to fall off. Can mm. fix that? Uh, so I've wanted one of these microphones, and then it was our auntie's sixtieth, and I was saying about how we should just get these, and I was ca- showing Catherine one that I really liked. Anyway, spare the moment, we bought them. Best yeah, I was purchase like, Let's ever. Do a we were actually walking around Shawsbridge, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh. And no, I well, was my uh, yeah. I, I said we should do a performance for it, and then it turned into this rap, and then we escalated it as we always do because we can't just do something normal into a full blown music video. How embarrassed are you that not only did we do that? I mean, I could and have everybody been, seen it. I could have been working on the assessment that I had to do then. Or like doing other things, but I spent a full like, forty-eight hours I know. on a music video. <laughs> that was terrible, and you didn't even you, we, didn't, you, you left out bits that good material that was recorded. The thing is, as well, we didn't have to. Well, we could have just done, done it. the rap for. I heard went that was our her. plan, but then and we were like, "Let's do a music video. It lasts forever. She can treasure it as though she's going to be like she's gonna w- the best gift of her life." But we papers. went up to her work to do it because I was. It was my idea, I have to say, and it was a good one to go up and dance around and rap the minibus that she drives because yeah. Alison doesn't have a great history of driving. Well, she does. Well, she did. But, she ran over my foot. Yeah, and also like we'll, we'll not get into foot. what she, she did when we were kids because we don't want her to lose that license. Um. But anyway, so we went up and then we were like, oh my goodness, well, this can be the whole set. And then we roped our cousins into it. And it was so funny because their car broke down. Anyway, 
long story short, we performed it then and it was ridiculous. And then people that live next door that work in Catherine's son's school, which is his classroom assistant. Catherine was dressed as a pimp and I was basically dressed like a whore. See, whenever I got home, mommy goes, has your daddy seen you? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) that that was her voice. I was like, no. And then mommy is like, look at the state of you and then I started like twerking up against the leather sofa and she was like get changed now she was not impressed and I was like I'm a single lady I can do what I want <laughs> I'm just embarrassed for us sometimes we get ideas and just like we are so consumed by the idea that we don't think beyond that idea oh no and that is there for- I know and we're consumed <laughs> in it and then yeah. the hype it, it's almost like a drunkness like yeah, our like, ADHD oh, this is such a good idea our, I think it's like the ADHD, ADHD like yeah. serotonin levels reach a peak that's almost see, like being I drunk idea, oh same I'm, I'm like Yes, I'm high I'm on life on, on it yeah. and then like we'll post it everywhere save it onto our Instagram grid and then we're like oh shit yeah because even in work this week my mate was like Jen what's this on your Instagram and I was like what thinking I in- accidentally posted something but it was the first time she'd seen the rap music video and I was like oh that's just a rap music video I, I, I did it, it to my boss she didn't reply. But I, like I sent it as if this what? was something that I should be proud of. Did you of? steal my lighter? You did. Yeah. I think it was quite impressive. I think it. I mean, for I mean, with for the spur of yeah, for spur of the, the moment, it was pretty good. It's like see, whenever I was doing those patches, which <laughs> I say whenever I'm still on the jumper game. But, like, I brought them into work, like, showing off that Helga from Hey Arnold, like, waiting for people to, Catherine, like, faint. I videoed <laughs> myself playing Toto Africa and sent it to various people and all my mates being like, oh, my goodness, look what I've accomplished. I know. And I thought it was class. But that microphone is amazing. It lights up. It has good, sound yeah. effects, voice effects, acts as a speaker. Most single women that live on their own at my age would be buying an electronic dildo. What do I buy? A light-up microphone. Yeah. There is family members that we have that just have just lived. They're two sisters that live together <laughs> by themselves, mm-hmm. never married, don't have. Relationships. At least we got that. At least we got married. But like, I feel that's going to be us. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I what think. My... What, but it'll end up in the news. Like one of us murdered the other one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell you what, my news of the week is. Yeah. Um, back off Tinder, right? Because oh. I am depressed as fuck. I am actually. Um, too depressed to be stressed. Why you want me to pause it? I'm not, because I, I didn't say that. Oh, I thought you wanted to send me something. That wasn't. <laughs> anyway, no. so I um, back off it, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is what I have realised. And you've added to this, okay? Because, see, I've been, what, separated since March? Yeah, just also, sorry, just while we said about that, make sure it's recording this recording. time. So since March, I have been single, right? Mm-hmm. And it is now coming into November. Oh, Catherine, build a bridge. No, I can like, do you let, like most things. Well, let, let me finish. Okay, I'll let right. you have this. I haven't met one guy, zero guys that have been interested in me beyond sex, right? Whereas you go on Tinder and all, like, meet all these guys. I've had, like, I'm not doing no, 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 no. They're I'm like this. They're like, let's go for a walk. Let's have a Tinder date. All I get is. Uh, send me a picture of your tits or I get that too to be fair yeah but you also but you also get let's go on dates the only dates I get asked on are do you want to come around to my house like it's just no guy is interested in me like my nobody likes my personality right but listen so this was this was what got me to be like fuck because I mean it it is depressing anyway Mm -hmm. having that since March Anyway, I was on Tinder and this guy, I matched with a guy and he messaged me and he was like, so how's it going, right? And I was just like, do you know what? Let it rip. I was like, I'm actually very depressed at the minute, actively trying to get COVID. My life is a shambles. 
And he said, ha 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 ha, um, very funny. Like, what about that is fucking funny? <laughs> people, I wasn't joking! People think that you're joking. <laughs> well, I'm not. Anyway, so then he said, um, oh, I was I was having a few drinks last night, so hungover this morning. And I was like, all right. Fucking brilliant new, response. New, um, like, novel that a guy is texting me while hungover. Yeah. And horny, and he's like, um... Anyway, so he was like saying, oh, I'm just, I'm just so horny. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, do you want to FaceTime? And I said, I am literally crying. <laughs> he said, I don't know why, but that turns me on even more. And I was like, unmatch. Fucking delete. But I have not. Like, seriously, where are you finding these guys that want to date you? Because I haven't found anyone. I love anyone. what you say this, though, Catherine. I have been, like, in your position since what? August last year. Yeah, but September. you were actively trying to find somebody. I can't tell but if these guys find me, <laughs> Catherine. But that's what I mean. As soon as you started actively like seeking like other like other But I wasn't active, it was it was like for comedy. No, I know, but like with. to be honest, it's Catherine, here. I can't help it if men fall in love with me. <laughs> it's not that I genuinely want to find somebody, but I would like even just pretend. At this stage I'm willing for a guy to lie and just pretend that he's into me. Yeah. Like, watch me drink a coffee with you know, and then I... Catherine, you need to watch that movie. He's not that into you. <laughs> <laughs> you are, that's, you know, people on TikTok are like, I want to be... You're the lead character of this movie. You're the lead character of that movie. But she finds someone in the end yeah. and it's all good. I feel like I'm the type of girl that guys just don't want to do. They will definitely... Do whatever. Do yeah, <laughs> no, they don't want to date. I feel like I need to change my personality. One guy did tell me I don't have very your personality for anybody. <laughs> One guy told me I have very masculine energy, and I was like, I. Hey. I always get told that. I always get told I've got very big dick energy, and I'm like, mm, mm. like how? Yeah, but people still want to date you, oh, Catherine. What can <laughs> I say? <laughs> no, honest to God, though, I literally whenever that guy texts me, like I'm so hungover and I'm horny, I just went. <laughs> I was talking to my mates about this today and I was saying to them like in a jokey way and this this uh, this is not me being like mm-hmm. cocky or whatever but I three guys have said to me and this is only like in recent since I redownloaded it yeah. they've been like oh my god marry me and I was like awkward have to get a divorce first well that's well good for you uh, guy asked me if I'd wear but red I- lipstick while giving them oral sex <laughs> way you have just you haven't even approached the would you give me oral sex you just assumed and jumped right into would you wear lipstick why you did I maybe they listen to the podcast and they hear that you send unsolicited pictures <laughs> <laughs> anyway this week's podcast is called I can't remember. I can't remember. What is it called? It's oh, called Shed Just Got Serious. serious. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because yeah. since we've started this podcast... We have had good feedback. And people... I think... That, well, the main thing people have said... We're that, very honest. Yeah. And that they enjoy people talking about stuff that maybe is seen as like a taboo subject. They or yeah. And again, I was chatting to this about my mates. Because... It is like if if somebody breaks up, or especially if, not so much a breakup, but a marriage, marriage breakup. Apparently, yeah. that's something you should be really like not ashamed of, but it's not the done thing to Do openly you get talk a podcast on. and start talking about. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yeah, but that true. was what spurred it on because this all happened when we were down in Fermanagh. Mm-hmm. You again, you were working up at home. 
Yeah. And I was very drunk with daddy. And I was th- between seeking arrangements and Tinder. And I was like, oh, God, we should do a podcast. Yeah. No, well, I, it was all the comedy material. And I was thinking, I would love to do a podcast based on that. And funny, I actually messaged one of the guys who's like more of a friend person mm-hmm. from that because I knew him before from Tinder, but like before Tinder, if yeah. that makes sense. I'm not making any sense. But um, saying, listen, because I wanted an opinion other than Daddy's, because Daddy's always like, that's amazing, oh, yes, amazing. do it. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, I'll record it. And you're like, like you what do don't you think hear of this? this? Rap? And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Jay-Z in the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Emmy Award. <laughs> um, like, he's like, are you Nelly? Like, did I give birth to a superstar? I was going to say DJ. Alice DJ. DJ. I know, but anyway. that yeah. song reference, it failed. Um, but anyway... So I asked him, and he was like, as long as you don't, because he knows what I'm like, I was like, as long as you don't say names, I think that would be really good. Yeah. And then when I was chatting to Catherine, again, we were doing our normal walk around Shaw's Bridge, and we were, yeah. no, that was actually the Helen's Bay one where we got stuck and it was lost, remember? We were walking no, through a forest. Know, already started no, I, I was, oh, okay. well, I had said I was going to start a podcast, and then I was like, we should well, do. Would you have just started one by your decision? Probably. Hey, guys. <laughs> 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 and anyway by the end of it of course like everything I suggest comes like so what will we call it it should be this whenever and we th- fell out I genuinely had like a podcast like set up because I was like fuck you bitch I'm going to do my own podcast but could you imagine it was just like Catherine we're like Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> like you're the Garfunkel and I'm the Simon you would have nothing if I wasn't here I'd still have called me Al and you'd just be sitting there and going like, like is he not dead <laughs> But anyway, it related. And then the more we spoke about it, we're like, but people don't talk about it. And I think both of us now, because... But I think in general, even before the podcast, like neither of us are shy about talking about it. Like, even no. throughout. Because what this podcast is about is about like all our miscarriages, fertility, M- marriages, because everything like people that. have, since we, since the first episode, I think we, one of us must have mentioned, like, not having I'd, kids, or, because like, every episode, <laughs> every, every episode, and like, it's, we always talk about our but separations, a lot of people that have had the same problems, like, message in both all scenarios, yeah, and it's refreshing to yeah. hear that, and again, to my point, when I was chatting to people about it, they were like, but it is seen as this thing, it shouldn't be talked about, and you know, it's not, it shouldn't be an embarrassing thing. I think especially as a woman, yeah. you shouldn't be openly being able to be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, our marriage has ended yeah. or I've miscarried or anything like that there. It's meant to be something, oh no, that's something private you keep to yourself. And if you're not crying about it, then you shouldn't talk yeah. about it. But I think as well, this is about grief in general because anybody who's been in a situation of yeah. trauma or grief, you know, where you've like lost a friend or oh. you've lost a relative, relative like a parent or whatever it's like that kind of like you're just expected to have that kind of like stiff upper lip and if you I think people think like see anytime I've like lost a baby or whatever and I've been to like somebody oh my god I'm fucking devastated their response is always like okay I have to say something to make you feel better yeah and I feel like there's that that's why people don't know what to say because there is that kind of like your grief makes other people feel awkward and and they have to they have to like come up with their response but you don't people are just telling you because they're sad you don't have to make them feel better and I think that's the sign of a good friendship as well and one of my really good friends we always say this to each other it's like a two-way relationship in a conversation you're not saying something to get a reaction or empathy you make me feel no and they but they're automatically going to give that anyway but it's just a listening ear and it's normalizing that all these things are totally okay same with mental health like It's, it's totally fine to openly talk about these things but I think because 
we all grew up in that environment regardless of like because our parents are very open about everything but you naturally I think it's that thing of well I know for me whenever I'm talking about it I never want to make the other person feel Feel bad or awkward but it shouldn't be that situation because I wouldn't feel awkward if somebody spoke to me about that see whenever my friends come to me and like they've gone through shit or they're like something like they've had some sort of loss or whatever yeah like my instinct is not like I have to make them feel better it's just like I just have to listen but I think it was actually somebody else that explained (laughs) it to me it was like actually our friend Faith I remember like um she never had an atopic pregnancy and she was like saying it she was like you know it's kind of like this idea that you can't be honest about what's happening because you're making the other person feel, feel uncomfortable awkward. and the whole point is that you just want to talk about it you don't need, you don't need the other that. person doesn't need to feel awkward no. nobody knows what to say in but, response but isn't it you funny? just have to kind of like listen. whenever you are angry you can vent to somebody and they'll be like oh yeah I totally get that but whenever it's any sort of serious yeah. subject because and again like by the way maybe you know why people go like graphic warning like this this is actually going to be like we will be very open about everything and I remember mummy and like people now that I've chatted to you after it yeah whenever anyway the scenario of my miscarriage was quite it's not a normal circumstance anyway of how it went about and whenever it did come to the time that I ended up having to go into the emergency ward at the early pregnancy clinic at the royal I was more like they were so amazing there by the way they were so good but I remember being more panicked and I kept saying to mommy but because there was like that ward it's for everything it's from people who maybe they're still pregnant and there's different yeah different things and in my head because it was very obvious what was happening I was more worried about upsetting other people there and I and I said to mommy's like I don't want them being frightened thinking is this going to happen to them or anything like that and realistically that shouldn't have been maybe a thought in my mind at the time but it was and then thankfully only because like that was a done thing they moved me to a private room or whatever but that was my instinct straight away I was like god I don't want these people who are have like yeah. I don't want them thinking that and I remember mummy turning around to me being like Jen you can't think like that because they're probably looking at you being like I feel uncomfortable knowing that I'm I have pregnant, a baby yeah. here and it's fine and that person's losing theirs in, yeah. in front of us but I and it goes back to the whole thing of you shouldn't tell anybody until you're 12 weeks I, I and I really disagree that. with yeah, that because I disagree as well that's like saying don't tell anybody that you've got cancer until you're dying what, it, what's the point in that you need that support from exactly. the very first minute and I, I can also understand why people want to be private about it oh yeah totally I had so I've had a total of nine miscarriages and every well not every, well most of them I have had like as soon as I found out I was pregnant, we always had a Chinese and a bottle of champagne. Yeah, we always def- celebrated that, yeah, from day yeah. from day one. And I remember some people feeling really uncomfortable with that and like you're celebrating too soon, like you're getting your hopes up. But it's because I had already had experienced that miscarriage. I had I had my son and whatever, and it was kind of like this it's hard to explain but like if you don't celebrate what you have at that moment and not only that at that time that was such an it sounds weird to say but it was an achievement to be able to even because both right so to begin with we both have infertility issues in the sense of it's we're not meant to have kids if that makes sense like we've been told the chances of you having kids are either non-existent yeah so the fact that you're even able to get pregnant is a big achievement and then it's kind of like yeah, so I always wanted to celebrate it. And yeah. even though I knew that there was, I was at high risk and whatever. 
it's pouring another drink. I didn't, I always still wanted to celebrate. And also I had this feeling of, I wanted people to know because the first time I didn't want people to know and I didn't tell anybody what I was going through. And it is much worse. And it's such a stress on you as well. The, as well, the thing is, well, and this is quite graphic, but whenever you have a miscarriage, I oh, didn't know this, right? Yeah. Because it, your first one, you don't know what it is. I thought whenever you had a miscarriage, you just, just had, had a period. period. Same. And that is not what happens. No, definitely. And I think that should be educated more as well because it's it's never no talked told, about it. No one ever, ever told me this, that whenever you have a miscarriage, especially if you're like... Quite far, yeah. yeah. Which we both have. Been. Which we both have been. It, it's like your body gives birth yeah. to to what has already formed in your body. You you have a visual of what comes yeah. out, and not only that, it doesn't always break out of your womb evenly. You a lot of the time you either hemorrhage, you end yeah. up in hospital massively. So like I genuinely and I remember like people tell me that miscarriages and everything. Like, oh, you know, just you just had a period, like you know, yeah. and even then because I hadn't experienced it, I kind of didn't know. But you don't, you give birth to... And that in itself is such a traumatic experience. And and again, I totally agree with that. And I wasn't very good at the time. Because again, like, obviously mine wasn't like a... Like, it was a surprise at the time. Because I thought that that wouldn't be a scenario ever. Yeah. And it, it is that thing of like, do you tell people? Do you not? And I was very lucky. I had a very supportive family, very supportive group of friends. And the people I worked with at the time yeah. were amazing as well. And but you didn't have a supportive partner, and that, that I know you're giving me looks, but I think that is a big. See, whenever you go through it by yourself, it is a million times worse because there's this kind of like feeling of whenever you lose a baby, the guy doesn't really ever understand. No, and, and that sometimes that, they do though. It's like not that it's, they don't. It's not that I, like I'm saying I'm wording this wrong because my ex husband obviously like I mean he felt the pain yeah. of our miscarriages, but. It's not always the case. It's not always the case. and But they also don't always understand exactly what you're going through. Like They kind of see it maybe as just like a like period or whatever. Yeah. And it's not that. Like, and I think whenever you don't have somebody that is grieving the loss that you're grieving, oh. that is horrible and it's so massive as well even like if you, even if you're in a situation where you don't want oh it's to still be, huge. it's still like this and it's loss. not that either of us have been in that case either but um it's just it is one of those things and i think the mental toll on it as well and because you you're not wanting to put that stress on the other people or whatever you, i think yeah. as a the person who's carrying it you automatically take that burden on, on yourself. yourself and it's horrible and it, it's so and difficult it, it is like, for anybody, again, very graphic, that has been through it, um, sometimes as well, what happens is, whenever you are miscarrying and, you know, you haven't fully given it, you know, you haven't yeah. fully given birth to the child, they do this thing where they try... Oh, don't, because like, I have been through that. And thankfully, <sighs> Catherine, you were with me at the you, time. And I've been through it myself. Because I didn't... They try, well, let me finish. But they will <coughs> try and... Um, extract the baby while you are still very lucid and with it there's no there's no, nothing. there's no nothing and you're in this position of total vulnerability where you've come in for a scan and you're sort of thinking because the midwives as well i had the same midwives for eight of my miscarriages and they get very invested in you they're yeah. great support system sometimes well sometimes and um but i would say 99.9 percent .9 of the time yeah 
and but they get very invested and it's hard on them as well and you've come and they oh, they're, they're, and they're they're witnessing they're all witness, of it and they, they're trying to keep your spirits up and mm. like even whenever they kind of it's like looking grim they're like but you know i've seen women and it's it's all turned out fine yeah. so you, it's not really until the last moment they they will never really be like but that's a difficult it's, it's thing though. it is it's because so that's what say. that's what the problem in mine was initially they thought it was a topic from this history of anyway medical right. and scenarios of my room and all that mm-hmm. and it was basically so i was being scanned every two days yeah and but even at that i think again that's something nobody talks about like yeah. that would it was it's a difficult thing being scanned every two days seeing the baby grow, grow. The, even, heartbeat, the heartbeat it, yeah. everything and then you're sitting going to them but so is this okay and they're, they're because and i get that they, they can't have, say yeah, anything they, can, they have they to be try realistic and make it positive yeah like, you know, and but the real realistic value of it yeah. they know it's not going to come to an outcome mm-hmm. Which is so difficult as well because you're going through that of every single step. Because both of us, because of our history, we get scanned extremely early, early. on. So you know. So you know from day dot that this is yeah. happening, and you see it progress, and then even though both you yourself and the midwife know mm. that it's not going to go to anything, it's like anything. You yeah. always have that like. 80% like oh but this could be this, di- this could, could be, be different, different. Yeah. and like it could end up changing and they say the same thing because it they realistically it, it could. could yeah and it's th- it's that There's whole a lot process. of positive stories and as if, well like exactly you know. and if you think like again because both of us have gone through it from, as many have from such an early stage like being told yeah. this is the scenario you're living that so even a 12-week pregnancy can seem like forever because from yeah. the minute that's uh, yeah, happened and you're seeing the photographs, the scans, everything, mm-hmm. and, like, people know it's an internal... Sc- like, it's all very personal yeah. how it happens. So it's that you're always wondering the what-ifs of what's going to happen. That's And the midwives are with you along in that journey. Mm-hmm. So one of the worst ones I had was it's terrible to say like some are better than others but that's that's the reality of yeah. it. i've had some miscarriages that were very straightforward and i've had some that were like life and death yeah and um the worst one i had it actually the life or death ones actually would not be on my worst case scenario yeah. that because it happened so quickly and it was so yeah you that that was toward like it yeah, was unexpected it was, in that sense but the worst one was i um it everything seemed fine up until about week eight and then they were kind of like look the heartbeat's slowing down the baby's not growing but i was growing like and i uh, i think as well this is a problem with endometriosis because oh, see, i was I, 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 pregnant, I, same even when i'm not pregnant so i th- i remember the midwife telling me she's like oh you're already like you know your stump your womb has expanded but i have adenomosis so my womb is larger than i mean i look pregnant t- yeah. all the time and she was like you know so everything's fine everything's fine and so i had to come in constantly like every two days and the midwives get really attached to you and they're like you know and they, they're wanting the best as well so you're feeling like I can't breathe down and cry and they told me at what like I I think it was like I, I mean it was like they they got real with me at about like eight nine weeks but I knew yes, before yeah. that that things weren't going well and but they were just so helpless because they were like look because of the abortion laws we can't do anything until the heartbeat stops. Massive. And I had to like carry that baby for an extra four weeks 
and knowing that it was knowing not gonna that it progress. wasn't going to progress yeah. and it's like although the baby didn't develop like my body changed yeah. like I started because la- I'd already been pregnant again like I started lactating again I started like having all the and like that, the mental trauma of that massive oh my gosh and ev- and then I had to go every day and just watch the heartbeat get slower and yeah. slower and slower and it was but this was like my seventh miscarriage so at this point as well my partner had like to them not had enough yeah. he, he had been through all that I've been through and he was just like do I have to go to the scan do I because people do get fit. it's the same with our illness yeah like I mean so I got diagnosed what whenever I was like 23 and since then, like people get bored, they don't ask you anymore how are you doing. Yeah. Like you know, and but it's such an odd, and it's so life impacting as well. It just takes over everything because your whole life is taken over by this disease, and so people get bored of hearing like I'm sore, I can't come out, I'm tired, yeah. and, you know, I feel like shit. And so whenever as well, like so you're like miscarriage number seven, like your partner's already like my ex husband used to have to come to the hospital with me like at least twice a month. Because I needed pain relief, or they needed there to check that I wasn't, yeah. you know, internally bleeding or whatever. And so by this point, they're so fed up; they don't want to come. And it's, but it's even though it's not a new situation, it's, it's still, still just is as traumatic. But because of our laws, oh well, here are absolutely screwed. You just have to. And I remember definitely. the midwife being like, I, "I wish that I could just like do the operation, get this over and done with." But because of our abortion laws, you just have. It's the same with um, like my life or death situations. So I for had topic pregnancies. I had two topic pregnancies, and after the first one, they were like, "This could never happen again. This would never ever like it'd be, it'd be impossible." And it did happen again. And they, I remember them sending me home and them just being like, "Look, if at any point your heart starts racing, you get lightheaded, you need to get." They were like, "Basically, you will die within minutes. Yeah, if this because it's all if, if this ruptures, ruptures if this ruptures, yeah. you're you are you." you're just dead and at this point I already had my baby I had had my kid so it was so scary the first one was just the worst because I had to go home for two days and they give me all these tablets to like try and like bring it on and whatever and you're just like sent home with this like and I I remember even where I was at the time yeah because anxiety brings on all those things I remember just being like well I feel lightheaded am I fucking dying yeah and then it ended up I was like blue lighted to hospital and it was just like this is so selfish that, that trauma as well, as well oh could have God. been avoided but yeah. listen the whole my story as well as you know mm-hmm. could have been avoided very easily through all of that because mine was the same as I said went scanned every two days and was basically watching it grow and then watching it slow down yeah and I, I remember saying to the midwife at the time can you, and I ended up crying at the time because I was like can you please just give me a yes or no answer oh, no. because that's all you want and, and you I was like I was like I honestly yeah. I understand where you're coming from but mentally this has taken a real mm-hmm. big toll on me and this being in limbo like I'm frightened of doing anything even like and I, I don't mean like drinking or anything like that I mean like even not taking prenatal vitamins yeah. like having a warm bath yeah. and I was in agony at the time didn't want to use a hot water bottle like was yeah. you know just common things like that that you would be frightened because automatically i think as a human you would do you'd blame yourself then if yeah. anything happened that's it you you that i that's the worst thing mm. whenever you miscarry especially you automatically i think put it on yourself. yourself and because like in obviously my relationship i was the issue 
Yeah. Like you have this constant guilt feeling that it's wrong me, that I have caused this. I have yeah. I have not only brought another life in because I got pregnant very easily. So over two years I got pregnant eight times. I had eight miscarriages within two years. And it was like I'm constantly bringing this life in yeah. but not being but able the, but to... But that's the thing that's the problem. And then whenever... And I have to say as well, very openly, like you were the person that were, was there with me through every scan, mm-hmm. all of these appointments, through whatever reasons. But it it is that thing. And whenever I remember coming into the hospital and it was whenever they said the heartbeat had stopped yeah. and you were with me and we were chatting about it. And obviously it was very upsetting at the time. But unfortunately, at that stage, the person I had wasn't... Yeah foreseeing the same outcome as what it should be and it was very much forced upon yeah. how would you word it like to not it's be because whenever you have a miscarriage you're given the option of um a dnc a dnc which is where they surgically remove the baby or you're left to miscarry naturally, naturally. and, and this had is, gone on for like yeah, this was already, it, already i was coming like I think yeah. this was like 10, 11 weeks at the time. And at that time, I'd already had, what, seven miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And I said to Jen, we, we were both together, and I said to her, look, from my experience, any time that I have decided that I'll miscarriage naturally, I've yeah. ended up in hospital. I have And had, I was very yeah, open to say, I, I, yeah. I wanted to go the surgical route because I think, and like my You've family, everybody, everybody in witness, like, by that stage, I was in yeah. convulsions. Like, it was horrendous. And I didn't want to, that to prolong any yeah. longer. But unfortunately, the scenario I ended up in, the person dealing with me... It's very was, religious. What wasn't wanting, was saying that I was thinking in the heat of the moment and it should mm-hmm. have gone naturally. She also, Which, she said to me that I shouldn't have... Um, said anything. Said anything. But I do feel like as well, like, I can understand midwives thinking, like, you know, natural is best. But I've been very lucky because I've had midwives. Maybe because... It wasn't like I'd been through it a lot, but had been like very blunt and honest. Like you know what, this is the be- get the yeah. surgery because it's over and done with. It's the safest. And by this stage, like I, I was at the point where I thought if I have to wait and go through that, more and I, and I did more. end up having to wait for two and a half weeks yeah. near. And luckily, I got referred somewhere else, and even they were like, "I wish we could do something." And again, it referred back to the laws over here. Yeah. Legally, they had to get paperwork. They were withheld in it, and it went on. For as I said, two and a half weeks, and it, those, like I, I, I don't even know how to put into words what those two and a half weeks were like because it was absolutely yeah. horrendous. Because I think again, very graphic, but knowing that you're carrying something, your body that is still a baby, continues being, being pregnant, pregnant yeah. as well. So I was still feeling pregnant, knowing that I had this baby, yeah. but knowing that it wasn't alive anymore, yeah. and that the fact. Even the mental trauma of being like, I am carrying this child yeah. and I have no control over it or anything. And I think that as a human as well, being like, I have no control over my own body, body right now. Yeah. And then going through that, and it was very, like, I think you can vouch for this, traumatic in the sense of that whole battle to even get to the point to prove that this had you, happened. you didn't get a DNC, you did have mm-hmm. to just naturally... Because I didn't realise at the time, obviously, I'd never had a kid. Yeah. But I had gone into labour whenever I went in for my pre-op. People, and by the, people 
do not say this. And they don't Whenever talk about it. Whenever you miscarriage, you go into and labor. labor. You don't just and have a period. You go in to yeah. actual physical labor. And I remember, labor. do you remember the nurse came and, like, she called my name and she was like, God, you don't look well. And I explained everything to her. And even then she was like, oh, I feel awful that you've been left this long. And then that's when I yeah. ended up having to have that procedure that Catherine was talking about yeah. twice. And that was, yeah. and I the, I have to say the midwives in the Royal were phenomenal. They are. I mean, I, I do find the Royal. The dilemma as well for women, again, this is very graphic. But whenever you do miscarriage, you do pass a baby exactly and so you you do have the choice if you're at home and whatever usually you will pass it yeah and it's you know whatever you do is up to your discretion but whenever you're in the hospital as well they'll give you a choice do you want to take the baby home or do you want to have it it's us it's cremated with the rest and it's just it's all too fucking much and this is the whole point again we know this is a very this is probably one the lads will not listen to boys will not listen to we're going to be single forever but I think it's important to say because nobody it's never talked about in that sense vulnerable Vulnerable. definitely and And you kind of have to make it's a very quick decision it's not like they're like I'm going to give you half an hour to think about it the the surgeon will come do their rounds and be like so do you want us to uh, I remember one one um, miscarriage I had they were like do you want us to like um, do like testing on it to see why it, it happened. happened. And I remember just being like, no. But you, and then I found this guilt because I didn't with the first one. I was just like, oh, fuck you, no, would cremate. But like, it's harder to have that attachment. It is, it is hard. And it's, it's, not, it's not that you don't have attachment, but what would I have done? Imagine if I had have just like taken home every baby I was bringing. You need a massive graveyard. Have, <laughs> imagine if mum and dad's back garden would just be like this graveyard of like dead babies. Don't, but, and I, like, I, honestly, I know. Honestly, there'd be like fucking and nine gravestones. But I remember as well that when, because again, Catherine was with me whenever they did that procedure and again they were amazing and she said to me like the only thing like she was like you're too far gone now for the surgery she was like this sounds terrible but I'm going to give you a tablet it's going to make you even worse and then you do get sent home and then which I was and but I ended up back in hospital again because it was very severe a lot of women and they don't they don't explain this but you will just give birth into your toilet yeah like and you're just like left with this fucking baby in your toilet that you just have to like kind of it's so graphic but oh, people know. don't tell you I know and I people do not tell you that I, I remember happens. being in the hospital and then see you even after all of that and again I, I understand but they were like we they had to do the same procedure yes. as the first yeah. one again to be like we just have to make sure because as you said yeah. it can be like different stages or whatever and I was just, and then not only that, this is another thing that I think that's not talked about more. See, whenever all that is done and you go home, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there, but you still have the, because you still, because in a natural pregnancy, yeah. you then, isn't it, you give birth to the sack and everything. So your body is still in the in contraction labor, stage. Yeah. And this can go on for, even though there's nothing there to do, your body doesn't but really, oh, you don't deal with it. And people just expect you to be... It's a kind of like the same whenever you experience the death of a family member. Like a year on, you're still going to be sad that you had yeah. that loss. And like, this is how I... I remember trying to explain this to my ex-husband. It was like, in two years, I've lost eight babies. Like, there is no... Like, I am dealing with all of that loss 
continually. Yeah. Like, it's just doesn't And it's end. all the wee small things, though, and I think that you're not... I think people think, oh, well, they won't be thinking of that, but you do, you'd be you like... Because I remember yeah. thinking... Like, getting Thomas the Big Brother t-shirts. Yeah. And, like, every, yeah, and then, not only that, I was like, oh, this would have been my due date, yeah. or that would have been whatever. That's it. Like, I, uh, the worst thing that happened to me was I... Um, one, one of the miscarriages that I had, I received a letter at 20 weeks saying that oh, I, I remember that, yeah. for my 20 weeks scan. Oh, yeah. And I phoned them and it was an atopic pregnancy. I said, um, sorry, I had an atopic pregnancy. And the guy on the phone was like, oh, right, so can you still come in for your scan? scan? That, like, do you not no. remember that happened to but me as well? They, I went into the GP and because um, after everything. Oh, I had a really lovely GP who phoned oh. me and congratulated me. And I was like, um... <laughs> Because obviously, like, the, it flared up endometriosis yeah. and all that afterwards. And I went into the GP, and she, but she was a wonderful oh, doctor. Yeah, I know who you're talking and, about. And um, I went in, and she said to me, she was like, um, so what, what seems to be the problem? And I was explaining to her, and she goes, I'm really sorry, I'm very confused here. She checked my notes, because, but again, I don't want to get into it because there was like a whole, yeah. like, other side of things, like, legally or whatever, but, um, she was like, I don't understand it because your notes, uh, you're, you're so many pregnant, weeks pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, what? And even that itself, I was so traumatized. And then I explained everything to her and she was like, this is not normal. Oh, like, yeah. you should not be coming into me with problems after that and dealing with it. My infertility actually happened because of a medical error. I, um, I had tumors found in my ovaries. Like yeah, years and years and years ago and they were like but don't worry about it and then they did blood tests and they were like oh you know this is normal but again they were like don't worry about it blah 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 and then I had surgery and it was just whenever I met my ex-husband and they were like okay you're not going to be able to get pregnant yeah. unless we do this further surgery and from then on like, and this is a big reason why me and my ex-husband got married and like this is why he was brilliant because I have I have always just been like I just want kids. Yeah. I've never been career orientated until now. Like I love my job and I actually find my niche and now I am like all about my job. But before that, it was just like I just want to have kids, blah blah. And to be told that I was just a fucking oh, mess. Yeah. And it I, I a year passed and I hadn't received like the further surgery and I phoned. And then I had this, like, appointment, and the surgeon who I met with was just, like, well, consultant slash surgeon, was just like, um, you need to um, start IVF. And I yeah. was like, okay, what's that? And he said, because there's no notes on your surgery. It's like it never happened. Um, and that's why it took me so long as well to get diagnosed with endometriosis. Oh, and it always does. Like, people go years without that. But he, um, he was just like, yeah, there's nothing... There's nothing I can do about that. And that, like, really spurred on, like, because we immediately then had to start, like, IVF, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But they just, like, I, I think as well with endometriosis, they, they're... It's a, a very they're pure black for it. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're pure so for it. It's like, you've got to get pregnant or else you're going to get a hysterectomy. Yeah. And there's no in-between. Well, then they do, like, the whole chemotherapy thing. But, like, but, but they are Oh, very same. Alive. I got told. They were like, oh, you're getting married. We'll put you on the speed list. And it's know, like, yeah, sorry, that please. shouldn't be a reason yeah, that we should do Jen that. Jen needs to pee. Just give us a second. We're back. Sorry, I needed to pee because I have held my urine in for 
12 hours today until I got home and the wine has gone through me. Also, one thing I will also mention is whenever you do have endometriosis and adenomosis, your wound gets so big and also your endometriosis spreads to all your other organs like your bladder, your bowel, your intestines, everything. everything. So It's a giver. It's a giver. So you do just constantly need to piss. Also, a thing about endometriosis is that people immediately assume that it's just like, okay, you get really shit periods. And that's oh, not the case. You are so, comatose from like the week before, the week during, the week, the week, the week before, the whole month. Because, well, my endo has attached itself to every organ that is in my body, including my spine. So like I get sciatica, like, sometimes it's very difficult to walk. It, it, it is like... But we were actually talking about this in work. We were sitting saying, see if men got periods, we'd be working a three day week. <laughs> like it literally wouldn't be I the feel same like, scenario. How have they made like so many different breast implants? Like you can have like teardrop, porn star, like you can get But so you many just, you can't have a womb. But you, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but you can just like still like have Where's a the fallopian tube implants? Like, 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 this is the where? shit people if need. women were allowed to be scientists sooner, I feel like this wouldn't be a problem. Or in charge of everything. I mean, come on, let's look at New Zealand. They're doing amazing. Jen, well, I'm not going to lie to you. I have looked into moving to New Zealand. I was actually, I was drunk and I was talking to daddy about You've this. You've told like, this story before. I was like, we're moving to New Zealand. That's it. I'm I, and I genuinely was. I was like, I'm looking into it, blah, blah. They have got shit under control. I love I how we say this there. and we've got Arlene Foster and your woman, is it Nicola O'Neill or whatever? I don't even but know. But I genuinely name. would, if I could move to New Zealand more, I'd I wouldn't. Go. The spiders, you, I wouldn't thank you for them. Well, yeah. And not only that, I've too many people I'd want to see again. They're not going to jump on that flight. That's too much of a I time like difference. And imagine me, like, drunk texting. It would be, like, the early hours of the morning whenever that... Like, <laughs> like, we need to think about the realistic things. No, this. I would 100%. I'm ready to go to New Zealand. It's the safest place on earth at the minute. I love your woman. I think she's brilliant. Yeah, no, she is very good. I do feel like we've gotten very deep in this and very openly personal. But I think, I think well. it's, it's I think it's needed. It and is, anybody else spoke to or people have. have spoke to us, it needs to be spoke about more. They have, like said. And as well, another thing is other people have contacted me saying um, about how addictive trying for a baby is. Somebody oh, said yeah, that no. to me. Because I like I feel like what nine miscarriages is a lot it seems excessive and I remember do you like, want me to get you a badge <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've mentioned the number a I lot feel like I feel like also anybody anybody that doesn't know us I'm not being a dick I'm just like you know that's the type I of do feel like I need a badge but like I do feel like um because this happened to me did you finish family. my wine no you finish it oh, but like people that weren't like my friends people that were related to me everybody was kind of like you need to stop and it is really but why though? But no, but whenever you're but this but that's is it. Thing. But this is it. It is really, really difficult to make that mental decision to be like, I'm gonna stop. But that's like saying, oh, don't have any hope. But I only ever wanted kids. Like I only ever yeah. wanted to be a mom, and I am the type of mom that like my life revolves around my son. Yeah. Like, and I get that he's gonna turn. 16, 18 and he will leave me for another girl and I, my life will be in ruins but like I don't care my whole life is him and my work life everything revolves around him I would give up anything to 100%. just for this kid and I've always as felt would like, I and it's yeah. not even mine but like I've always felt like that I've yeah. always known that I just want to be a mum I don't care about career I don't care about anything but the thing is it is really difficult whenever you're trying for a baby 
to get to the moment where you go, I'm gonna, this is, this is not good, I need to stop. And if it was anything else that is affecting your relationship, your mental health, your physical health, that you would normally go, okay, and I'm, I'm gonna stop here. Yeah. For some reason, whenever it comes to having oh, a baby. Oh no, I totally and understand I, and that. I remember a midwife saying to me, I think it was like my fifth miscarriage, and she was like, she was so lovely, this girl, I don't remember her name, but she had like short blonde hair, and she was so lovely. And she sat me down, and she was like, Catherine, just stop. And she was like, I don't want, and she's like, and she, I remember her saying to me, like, I don't want this to sound harsh, but I don't want to ever see you here again. She's like, I've watched you go through this yeah. five times already. She was like, you need to get to a point where you just stop. But, but if that's something you want, then yeah. why would you? But not like whenever it's you want. See, whenever I was like in a marriage and my sibling he wanted it yeah. and my kid wanted a sibling and everybody like my kid's class so everybody just wanted this second yeah. and it's kind of like it is really hard to go and it was only whenever it was taken out of my hands whenever like I started the chemotherapy and they do this with endometriosis yeah. they will give you early like induced a, menopause they will give you like um the hor the hormone chemotherapy that's used on testicular cancer so it sends you into like this menopause yeah and um also i am now part of a support group for people that have taken that option because it does cause seizures, so many side effects um, which i don't think they're very open about they're not my my um consultant didn't even tell me that it was chemotherapy my all my hair fell out like my well not all but most of my hair fell out yeah um i still don't really have like don't talk about your eyebrows, Kathy. You shave them off. I do shave them off, but like I don't have very much hair, like on my eyebrows, my leg, like I mean. But my... your mustache and chin is still quite <laughs> strong. So strong. But it's like, <laughs> like it, 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 it never came mm. back. Like um, it's why I shaved part of my head, but like after I lost the hair and everything, it was I was never. I, I remember my consultant telling me you might lose a bit of hair, you might be a bit sick. But he never went into detail. But again, of, I think like, this I is still have seizures. Like, I still like half of my face doesn't periodically work. doesn't move. But this <laughs> is what my problem is, though. Again, and like this isn't sexist in any way. But again, me and Catherine have both ended up with the same consultant, and I, I just, so I don't, bad. but I don't understand. Like, I get it, right? Okay, it's this isn't sexist, but I don't understand how a male can have that point of view because whenever I went back in to get my surgery for like yeah. all the other issues he turned around and I was like because they, they ask you for a history synopsis mm -hmm. and I was saying everything that happened and his answer to me was like like I literally was floored and he had like um do you want to have a student like midwife yeah. in or whatever or a gynae person and I was explaining everything that I had gone through and he turned around and he went I just think you really need to get over that and deal with that and forget about it. And I was like, you know what he said to me? He said to me, I arrived like for an appointment and I this was after I'd had the chemotherapy. I had no hair, like very Doesn't little hair and I was a mess. And he said to me, he's like, I feel really bad. You just have this really shit life. <laughs> Thanks. Like, oh, okay. And then he looked out the window and he goes, God, I really love cycling. Imagine if you had a that scene. That's what he said. Oh, yeah, he goes, no. I really don't cycle. Right, I was no, sitting he, there just like fucking crying. The, the, the same, the same like, consultant. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have hospitals on the phone. No, no, yeah. Right, the same consultant again. <laughs> wonder why I'm divorced. Um, Catherine was with me for the appointment, and I had to go in to get the scan for like it wasn't a pregnancy thing. It was like everything else, and he turned around and went. The nurse that was with him was like, oh. 
you're in a really bad mood today, aren't you? While I was sitting, like, I mean, naked from yeah. everywhere down. Sorry, I burped when I said that. Yeah. Attractive. And um, she <laughs> turned around and went, what can I say? I woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. The next minute, this man was elbow deep in my yeah. vagina. And I was sitting there thinking... Oh my God, like you literally just complained to that woman about how much of a foul mood you are and you're just yeah. scoping me out with your fingers. And then he turned round while he was there and he was like, so do you play rugby? And I was like, mm, sorry, what? Yeah. Like, why? He's like, just all the bruises all over your legs. And I was like, I think you're fine. That's why I'm in this appointment because, you know, very I'm very anemic yeah. and um, I just bruise at the sight of anything. He said to me, he actually referred me for a hysterectomy. Name after, and shame. Name and shame. No, 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 but he referred me for a hysterectomy after my seventh pregnancy. And then my eighth was on the topic. But he told me that it could never happen. He's like, Catherine, this will never, you could never have another. People that have two atomic pregnancies, it's unheard of. Catherine's like the Virgin Mary. Like, even a broken fallopian tube. Yeah, and I, I get pregnant. Get I will get pregnant. Even, I actually have. You should put that in your Tinder no, bio. <laughs> yeah. Being like, get pregnant I actually, even though I'm infertile. Yeah, I got pregnant with no fallopian tubes. But anyway, this guy, he was like, um, it could never happen, blah, 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 blah. And he was like doing the whole like okay you're 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 gonna get the hysterectomy and I remember bursting out in tears because I was like thank fuck somebody has taken this decision out of my hands yeah that I can just but stop. I think that's the worst part but of let it. Let me finish. Like he that is the worst part of it because I just, I felt like I couldn't fucking stop trying, and he took it out of my hands. He was like you're getting the hysterectomy blah blah. And then I reacted really badly to the chemotherapy. I started like having seizures and stuff. And, um, and you were a dick. I'm not gonna lie. Like I know that you I were was, horrible. But I also now like I'm allergic to everything. And also my life expectancy has like people always think like that I'm joking. But at the same time I might get a child because you <laughs> yeah, know Thomas. You can get Thomas. <laughs> like people are always like, oh, you're just joking about the whole like, oh, if you get COVID you'll die. If I get appendicitis. I will just die. Sorry, that's get... just me licking around her <laughs> rim of her glass, being like, I want Thomas. But I will, like, and that's... Jokes. That is, that has been, like, a really big thing for me to deal with, because if I, I can't get antibiotics, I yeah. can't get surgery, so if I get even just, like, a minor illness that progresses, I am, um, I like, my life expectancy, I am pretty fucked. But that's, this... But, but my, oh, sorry. But my thing is, right... So my, like, <coughs> I know that, and I did struggle with that. Now I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, yeah. I know that I'm not going to live long, but I've gotten okay with that, blah, blah, blah. But he said to me, um, I can make your quality of life better by giving you this hysterectomy, but I don't want you to get to like 40 and sue me because you didn't have another child. So he didn't actually put me on the list for a hysterectomy. I went to my I doctor. No, I went to my doctor, my GP, and my GP is a male, and he has been my champion throughout this. He has made sure that I got all the treatment that I needed. He was the one that got me everything because yeah. like he he really he, he, he understood everything. he understood he um he i also had a a doctor that refused to give me painkillers and he like stepped in and was like you don't know what she's going through and he was brilliant but this doctor was like you're not like he he, he was just so like okay so you could be dead by the time you're 40 you've no chance if you get even a minor cold you might die but 
I won't give you a hysterectomy because whenever you're 40, you might sue me because you don't have another kid. I'm like, I can't look like, after this. Like, literally, kid I have. this is the same doctor. He's well, so consultant. bad. He turned around and said to me, he put me on after he was like trying to guilt shame me into being like, oh, you shouldn't be traumatized through that yeah. whole horrific thing that you went through. I'm and then, wait, do you have any coke? <laughs> that sounds really bad. She means I'm, I'm coke, coke zero coke. for a Bacardi. No, I don't. Um, oh, never mind. Uh, and um, he, he he was like, do you know what? You've been needing a laparoscopy for like yeah. how many years? I think this was going on six years by this point. He was like, I'll put you on the emergency list. Four years later, who hasn't yeah. got one? But I, the, the, I also as well, like I'm meant to be getting a flu jab because they were like, oh, if you get the flu, you'll, you know, die. Yeah. But because, like, I'm allergic. I'm not going to lie, Catherine. I'm the one writing letters to the doctors being like, I really want her child. <laughs> Don't give it to her. But because, like, I can't, because I'm allergic to things I get intravenously, I can't yeah. actually. Well, they, the doctor told me he was going to phone Did I not me. tell you I poured a flu jab into your body? But he told me he was going to phone me and discuss, like, the risks against. Because people think that, like, if you have an allergic reaction, oh, just, like, EpiPen yourself. That's not how it works. Like, you don't Can I also just say congrats to Catherine for getting her medical degree tonight? <laughs> yeah. But he was, I'm still waiting on it, and they're just kind of like, so if I'm at high risk for COVID and they won't give me the flu job, like, I. That's you the know thing. you can go to Boots and pay a tenner. Yep, but you know that I will go into anaphylactic shock. Jab a wee needle But in this the is what I'm saying. It <laughs> no. doesn't work like no. that. Sorry, I'm, I'm just... But you know, no, I get that. I get I'm just it. getting to the point no. where I'm like, I'm tired and I'm listening are, to you still and I don't people, know how to shut you up. People think that they're like, okay, all you have to do is take an, like a adrenaline. Have some roasted nuts in there. Are you allergic? <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point... Well, but I, what I'm saying is... As a result of people not taking it seriously. Can this is going on over an hour? Like, who is but still I am, But I am... Alive. <laughs> well done. Snaps for Catherine. <laughs> but it is. Like, they just kind of don't take it seriously. And now I am absolutely... Oh, fuck. But I, I love... And again, it comes back to that whole taboo thing. Like, people say about... Whenever you openly talk about like our separation, people don't care. They just laugh and, it off. No, but my go-to now is people are like, "Well, at least you didn't have kids," and I'm like, "Oh, funny story." But like people say that to me. They they, they do laugh it off, and I'm just I, and I think because I do joke about a lot of stuff. Oh, same me too. So people are just like, "Oh, that's not the okay. But like in all seriousness, it's if I get thing. a minor infection. I just have to kind of like go, and will that, I die? Will I not? And that, people, is how Catherine manages to turn a podcast around to just talking about herself but again. But that's what I mean. <laughs> like, we laugh it off. And everybody does. No, but does. I do. You know, like, I get you know it. This, everyone know. does laugh it off. But, like, literally, I am fucked. Oh, no, I know the people that have listened to your yeah. voice for the past 16 minutes have completely understood My that. My kid's yours. Like, uh, by the time I'm 40, I'll probably be dead. And you've I- got him. And he loves me. He does love you, yeah. Yeah. He calls me mum all the time. It's quite cute. Can I just say, though, in all seriousness, like, I probably... Oh, Catherine, stop talking about... Uh, do you not want a live reading of do, your just, will? Can you just cry? Can you just be upset? Just shed a fucking tear. Catherine, I am hardened. And you are hardened. <laughs> I've been through a lot. <laughs> that's that's the People are... That's but the thing this as well is, with long-term illnesses. Yeah. And this is the hardened. point of the whole podcast. Yeah. It is, like... 
that whole persona that if you're not sitting there crying about your divorce or your loss of baby or anything (laughs) then you're a horrible person and I I, again I was saying this to my mates I'm like why is it anytime because I'll be very open because again I think it needs to be open about the miscarriage now like I maybe wasn't like whenever I was going through it but it's like you need to talk about it and then they look at you and you're like oh sorry I'll try and do you have an onion like like, I I cried enough back then I was I was drunk through October to January like what what part do you want me to relive again like that's it like I mean I am beyond the point of being sad about it and like I am beyond the point as well of being sad about my situation and I feel like people are bored of me being sick because like I like I get that we both me and Catherine always say this because I, I don't even know how to phrase it. The past, like, I would say four to five years, there's been a lot that has happened. Yeah, and me and Catherine have both said, and, like, my best mates know this, I've been like, I don't even want to say to people that isn't in, like, that wee close yeah. net to be like, you know when people are like, oh, what happened or what's the crack? And you're like, no, everything's fine. Because you're like, if yeah. I start and spill everything of that, people will be like, is that, is she Mm, even whenever she, I say, you think yeah. that people think that you're lying even whenever I say to people like oh I literally could die of the common cold they're like no you couldn't I'm like no realistically yeah yeah. I mean if I get if, if I get appendicitis I'm dead R.I.P. Catherine R.I.P. Catherine <laughs> I feel <laughs> like that's how we should have ended no, rest in peace but like they do and like it's kind of like um well, we'll not touch upon it, but we're going to do divorce within this section. Yeah, I think it should be a part two because we two. end up spilling. More. But it is like people do get sick if you've been sick. Oh, 100%. They're just kind and of like, like, and, and, like and, in the beginning, they're like, oh, how are you, blah, blah. But see, whenever it's been like five years and you're like, oh, I might die tomorrow, they're just kind of like, mm, okay. and But again, going back to the story. Seriously, the story, you don't have any Coke. No, I don't have any Coca Cola to put in here before they Catherine's like, don't spit it out. There's a oh, radiator. Or... So I just you should have drank wine. Um, but it was. Have you any wine left? No. Well, you're saying that, but I feel like. That's no, I I, I did I didn't actually. Okay. But um, it was that thing, and I always remember because I was always and you know this yourself a maternal person, Me too. and always like so like just want kids, and I, I was like yeah. even when Thomas came along, especially and William, I was like, oh my god, my. Yeah. broodiness I can't even say that word now was so strong but I think because it was shortly after them they yeah. told me like oh you're not going to have kids yeah. and it was that like again that short well not short period of time but you come to terms with it and then it goes back 360 when everything happens but I think the whole point of this very long winded <laughs> graphic probably now drunken I, I kind of feel like the point is like, if you're going through it, talk about it. Talk about it. And do you know what as well? It's okay to stop. It's okay if you are in the position of, like, you just really want a kid and it becomes your whole life. Just stop. And, and it's not It's not for other people as well. It's, you can still... <laughs> uh, this massively. is what I find, right? I have been friends with people that have gotten pregnant throughout this entire process. process and I am genuinely happy for them. Even see, now. Like, and I'm that's the like, thing. I think people you think that you say me. Exactly. Yeah. I think people... Also, I'm still pro-choice. <laughs> like, even Same. though I can't have kids, I'm still pro-choice. 100%. Like, Hello, have you seen the tattoo in my yeah, neck? Exactly. Like, I'm massively pro-choice. pro-choice. And I think people think, we, both of us, I yeah. can't speak for everybody, but both of us are very much so excited and so happy when you anybody that we know, like, because it's, it's like, such that's a miracle. miracle. It is. I did it 100%. Yeah. And it's that thing of thinking, 
you're no less of a person and 360 going back to it yeah. it's that whole thing of right you're single right whatever age you are yeah people go oh do you not have a boyfriend and you go no yeah and then you go right you're dating somebody oh is it going good and you're like yeah all good and there's always that pressure and then somebody's like oh five years later why has a ring not been put in it and then when a ring does and you're engaged when's the wedding when's when you get baby? married then when's the but baby I do and then that. But, like, but, I mean, i've been in that i mean i'm you know, in I think situation everybody does you do and there's nothing wrong with that there's no right way to, to approach to anything approach but i think as a woman Just everybody every, and everybody thinks you have to be like this character and even now being separated yeah. no word of lie the amount of people are like well are you thinking of dating anybody? And I'm like, yeah. and, and it's not even that no I'm not. No one wants to date me. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it's not, I'm, I can't be annoyed with anybody else's emotions. And then it goes from, like, it's not because of my separation. And then, like, you're open to anything, yeah. whatever happens. And then if you do end up in that <laughs> relationship again, everything 360s, all of a sudden you're back to, oh, is it serious? Is it not? Like, people shut up like but, what see, is the I'm, need for I'm, this i'm the opposite i'm like it's okay to ask and it's okay to explain no yeah like, that's exactly what, that's, that's what i mean just say yeah, like just oh, say but that, like, when I, somebody but, says it be like oh but that's amazing don't be like oh but you're in your 30s now yeah like, or, you know, exactly like, what it's, type of question is that it's okay to ask somebody like oh you thinking about babies oh, when's the second one coming along that is fine but you've also got to remember that if the person then says i can't have kids you don't need to but be like be okay. oh Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. make it okay for that person, person to, to feel say. comfortable to say yeah. that. Like you don't go through the McDonald's drive for and ask for just a wee a McFlurry. Of fries. Oh, why are you not getting? Yeah, why are you not getting a Big Mac meal? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Sorry, I just really want a McDonald's. <laughs> but anyway, well, I think but we've I, gone but on I, We have went on long up. I think the takeaway from it is talk it about is it. Okay, to say if you're going through issues it is also okay to be like your whole life is because shit. For, for people that say are like shit. whenever you're trying for a baby your entire life is consumed by it and it'll either make or Definitely. break your marriage shout out to the, se- <laughs> to the next episode broke mine but uh, sorry uh divorce divorce what <laughs> no but so we all- can't di- afford a divorce we like really. we're just separate but it is okay for that to happen but it's also okay for you to just be like yeah do you know what i can't have kids this is fucking Definitely. shit i've had x amount of miscarriages but and the other person and doesn't have to be like well you should feel good because you've got one child already yeah. oh and that's the word oh, oh, and then we're like i'm so glad because you didn't have kids but the other thing yeah. i have to say as well preach out there to the people who don't want kids that's totally oh, normal that's as fine. well if you don't question yeah. that like why question that person it's like if you if you don't want something yeah. why would you ever you ask are, somebody that, that's the thing if you're pregnant if you get pregnant and you're like fuck me i don't want this pregnancy and that's a normal you thing as well that. yeah that's that totally fine. normal my situation has nothing to, to do, do with, with what anybody you else's exactly if you have to have an abortion because you want to focus on studying or, or do you just or, don't or want you just a want kid it? or you're just like oh totally this is normal it is normal fine. and the whole thing That's of this it. is normalize any scenario exactly like, there doesn't need to be a oh well you're married have a kid you're yeah. in a relationship have a kid why have you not have a kid or like, oh you've had a miscarriage i bet you oh, hate people that have abortions oh, it shut doesn't, up yeah people this is just people's yeah. opinions 
are irrelevant. Stop making it that people can't say what's going on in their lives without no. you making it about somebody else's. Whatever See, you're going through yeah, is massively fine. Unless fine. you're putting that sperm into my womb or you have this womb that is inside yeah. me. Shut exactly. up. You, that is what you, I... That you have is no it. say. That is the takeaway, right? I should be able to miscarry, not be able to have kids and tell my friends and be like, this is fucking shit and they should be able to tell me, I'm trying for a baby and I'm like, that's yes, fucking that's amazing. Or, do you know what? I got pregnant and I don't want to, I'm going to have an abortion. I'm going to go to England and have Everything an is valid. Everything, Everything has valid. validation. Yeah. And that's a thing I think everybody should and needs to know and you can ask me you can be like oh are you trying for another baby or not no, only that not. and let me explain why that's fine because people don't know what to say exactly and the same thing with miscarriage you should be able to go oh god what was that like because nobody yeah, we're not nobody taught, taught that in school you're like, not nobody oh teaches goodness, it anywhere like, but you should be able to be like this is what i'm going through this is shit but also you should be able to go okay i'm sorry that you're going through that but also i got pregnant i don't want it yeah, well, that's fine. But the, this is the whole thing. It's everybody has a right to be whoever they are Everyone or what they want. We are privileged. Well, I was privileged in the situation where I, if I got pregnant, I had a partner that supported it. I could afford it, blah, blah, blah. Everybody is in different positions. Exactly. So you do you. And, you, and don't and be afraid of telling people even what about, you want. Not even about discouraging, <laughs> but about, about grief. And if you lose somebody. Then you can be you upset can be as upset. you want. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of like, you're not a bad person if you don't want a child either. Yeah. Like, like You're not they a just bad person to... if you're upset about losing anybody or anything. You kind of just are, you should be able to say like, oh, this shit's, it's like me being like, oh, I'm allergic to antibiotics. Oh, don't take not an that antibiotic you in front of me. That, like, no, but like, it's like you take an antibiotic in front of me. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to just, your no, but life is. should not I affect just think, But mine. the whole point of it is, I think everybody should be more open because these yeah. are very much things that Everyone we both goes and, and we both know that there's so many women who both have contacted both yeah. of us yeah. that go through this and Loads. don't talk about it. Can I, I just say shout out to the Philippines because our listeners go from like the UK, America, Australia. Philippines, we've got loads of listeners in the Philippines. I don't even know what to say to be like, oh, we're like global. Is that the word? I would say global. Yeah. Because there we are, there are currently 12 listeners. No, not 12 listeners, but 12 countries. She means 12,000. There's <laughs> no, 12 countries. I think this is listeners. where we should end this because we're, we're going to. But the next one will be about divorce because the other thing we get asked about loads so of much is divorce. They're like, and, uh, well, how do you talk about this? Blah, blah. But, but that's the whole thing because people are like, why, why ain't you crying? Because I'm why not sad, bitch. But and on that note, <laughs> thank you so much. Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us test the mic. <laughs>